The new show on the Peacock TV streaming service is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. It's me, Chappelle, who you may know from talking about The Walking Dead and Insecure, but today I'm joined by not the prince, but the king of covering The Mad Singer and 90 Day Fiance to talk about the show, Bel Air, on Peacock. It's Puya. Puya, what's up? Yo, Chappelle, we're here, finally. It's been months in the, in the waiting. You know, we've been waiting for this. I've been excited. Now we've watched an episode, and it was all worth it. I'm so excited to talk about the show with you, dude. And uh, I can't wait. This is our first time really, like, chopping it up on our own thing. I'm excited to see how this goes. Yeah, I think I've kicked it with you on 90 Day once, you mm-hmm. know, or twice, maybe. I think it was twice. Uh, but, like, yeah, this is this is a kind of a, a Puya and Chappelle project. And so I, I'm ready. And Puya, to be honest, I really wasn't that stoked about the show. I remember seeing the preview for Bel Air and mm-hmm. hearing about the premise and thinking, like, it's fine. I might watch it. But, man, was I wrong, Puya. This was crazy. Yeah, I remember when I when I reached out to be like, hey, are you going to be watching this? You're like, eh, I don't know. I could take it or leave it. I was like, okay, well. If you take it, can we talk about it? You're like, yes. And honestly, after watching the first episode, I was like, I think we found a treasure that we did not know was going to happen. This was so much fun, Chappelle. It was an hour. I watched it and I prevented myself from watching the other two episodes. I thought, I don't want to I don't want to know stuff going into this premiere. Let's talk about the premiere. And then right after we're done recording, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to watch the other two episodes. It's going to happen. <laughs> I have to watch uh, them as we record. So I can't get to episode mm. three yet, even though the first three episodes, if you aren't already there, um, they've already dropped on Peacock. You know, so um, you can already check those out. But for me, I have to make sure that, like, I don't get ahead of myself because then on the next podcast, who knows what I'll spoil, you know, for mm-hmm. the people who are taking it one step at a time. So, yeah, you go ahead, uh, ahead. But, I, yeah, I'm going to dump into, um, you know, episode so two right after this for sure yeah and I, i'm excited so i think um ultimately my biggest takeaway with fresh prince so well, bel-air sorry i grew up on fresh prince like i lived in dubai um we had one english channel and they gave you whatever shows they had syndicated there so i got um uh, saved by the bell i got full house and i got fresh prince and fresh prince was by far my favorite i have binged the show top to bottom multiple times so this was a no-brainer for me, but also, you know, I'm older now. And then getting a show that's, you know, similar but serious actually ended up being a fun, fun twist on it for me. Yeah, like I'm used to the comedy. This is from the mind of Will Smith, who we know is just a wacky person and very fun. And this was a departure from that for sure. Like, I mean, it was very serious at moments. I mean, there was a few funny things, but yeah, this is a drama and we're here to talk about it. Never really done a drama, Puya. I mean, The Walking Dead can get dramatic, but I wouldn't consider it a drama. So I think we're in for a good time here. Um, Yeah. The Fresh Prince, I grew up on it as well. And I'll kind of talk about different things that I noticed from this premiere. And you can, of course, too, uh, that kind of mirror, you know, the actual source material from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Because there's a lot of Easter eggs in this one, I guess, if you can call them that. Um, But yeah, are you ready to jump right in? I can't wait. Let's rip into it. All right. Well, Bel Air starts with us meeting Will Smith, who's waking up to uh, none other than Freeway. I was like, first of all, um, the show opens with that iconic scene of him sitting in that chair, you know, the chair that spins at the intro song. And I was like, oh, man, are they going to do the song? Are they going to do the Fresh Prince song? They don't. But I thought for a second it was coming. What about you? 
Well, like to me, they played um. It was the J Cole song. First things first. Yeah. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. But they don't hit you with the really? lyric though. They lead you all the way up to it, and then it changes to Freeway. And that was a pretty iconic intro. I'm not gonna lie. I thought, did I? Am I watching the right show? This looks like a movie. I don't think this is real. <laughs> Yeah, especially for this soundtrack. Like normally for TV shows, you don't get just like hit after hit after hit. You get some like obscure songs, maybe they introduce you to some things you haven't heard. But this soundtrack is outrageous. And we'll talk about it as we go on. And maybe I'll touch on the whole thing at the end. But yeah, seeing it start off with the J. Cole song with that iconic Fresh Prince reference, all the way to Will Smith waking up to um, what is that, Philly's own freeway? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're here now. And um, Will Smith. Um, not the Will Smith that we know, but you know, Will Smith's the character in this show. Um, is played by Jabari Banks, and this is from what I can tell his very first role. So he is a Philly, so. yeah, he is a Philly native, and he's got Will Smith's mannerisms down packed. There are moments throughout the show where I'm like, Whoa, like this seems kind of weird. Did you notice that too? Yeah, he's got his walk, he had his yeah. walk. I remember <laughs> the walk. I was like, Yep, yeah, this is the cocky Will walk that I remember. It was great. Yeah, he was killing it. And I wonder if that's how they got him uh, casted. Um, throughout this episode, of course, we'll see other recurring people from the original show. And I'll talk about the people who they've cast in those roles as well, um, including his mom. Uh, we meet Vi, um, who is downstairs making breakfast, serving him cheese eggs and um, mm -hmm. talking to him about uh, his preparation to go be scouted by the basketball team for um, uh, a school in Virginia, VCU. Um, Vi, who was originally, um, I believe, was played by april parker oh no is played by april parker jones from supergirl was originally played by vernie watson and in this role i think they're going to take a little bit more time to actually flesh out her character because she wasn't a huge role in the original fresh prince you know he was living with his auntie uncle and you know in bel-air um but we start here with the relationship that we get with his mom uh, we also meet trey who is one of his neighborhood friends, um, Trey and Will, it, as it seems, they're like thick as thieves. You know, they're both average, at least above average students and athletes. Um, but you can tell that this is Will's right hand man and that they are on their way to bigger things or at least very um, at the very least, Will is trying to make his way into the basketball team and kind of get out of the Philly area. Yeah, um, so. The, yeah. the the vibe I got was very clearly and, and the kind of in the uh, basketball scene they showed us. He gets his alley-oops from Trey. Trey is his right-hand man. He dishes him the ball. He dunks him. And I feel like that's kind of how they treat their day-to-day -day lives. Like, they very much are, you know, they go together. They go together. They're a good match for each other. And I loved the buildup with their with their chemistry that we got throughout this episode. Like you said, uh, when we're meeting Vi, when we're meeting him in Philly, we're seeing him. Right? This is what we were missing from the Fresh Prince show, where this was all covered in the intro music, in the theme song. Mm -hmm. And then we just skip into Bel Air pretty much from the jump. Whereas here, we're getting that Philly vibe going. And I loved it. I loved it a lot. I will say, Chappelle, the slang they use for Philly, I learned all this yeah. like two weeks ago thanks to Abbott Elementary. So I was like, hey, already coming <laughs> into play here. I know what they're saying. This is perfect. Yes, it's Johns and Bulls everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> it's it's fun to see them in the Philly atmosphere because, like you said, we don't get that in the original um, content of, you know, the Fresh Prince. It's always Bel Air-centric, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, Trey here, also known as Ice Trey, as you might remember from the Fresh Prince original, um, is played by Stevante Hart. But in the original series, he's played by Don Cheadle. And honestly, <laughs> this kid could pass for a young Don Cheadle if he wanted to. Um, so, yeah, that's fun. I noticed that instantly. I was like, oh, is this Ice Tray? Are we doing this right now? Um, 
but yeah, yeah, show is totally Philly right now. I mean, you get images of, of the streets of Philly. Uh, you got, of course, Meek Mill playing in the background at random moments, Dreams and Nightmares, the most, like, pretty much one of the most iconic, like, Philly intros of all time. Um, and we see, of course, everyone's talking to Will about his future. You know, he's about to leave and go out into the real world, but he's kind of nervous about the prospect of leaving his town. And, um, you know, I think he's just used to being kind of like a big fish in a small pond or, in a way, you know, and um, he doesn't know what the world's going to have in store for him outside. But his mom does assure for him that, you know, his crown is waiting as soon as he decides to wear it. Um, so, Puya, in these scenes with Philly, I noticed that they were eating Philly cheesesteaks. Are you a Philly cheesesteak guy? Yes, so I actually had my first authentic Philly cheesesteak this past Christmas break in Philly. Uh, Liana's dad took us to a uh, cheesesteak spot. Phenomenal. There's no, mm -hmm. like, there's no ingredient on this cheesesteak that I don't love. So you put that all together, I'm a happy boy. Extremely yeah. happy boy. <laughs> well, the debate here uh, that they're having outside of uh, uh, Cesario on Gerard Street is if mayo is necessary on the Philly cheesesteak, Puya. And I'm not a mayo guy, but you tell me. Is oh, mayo necessary? Hell no, oh, no, it's, it's, it's we are good without it. Keep the mayo for the BLTs and and the chicken, like the egg salad, whatever you're making, leave it there. We don't need it on the cheesesteak, it's fine, right? Right, Puya and I agree with Will. There's no need for mayo on this, we don't have to be disrespectful like that. You know, let's let's respect the craft here. Um, mm -hmm. while, while they're having this heated debate about you know the use of mayo on this cheesesteak. Um, they are approached by the local hater and drug dealer, Darnell. Uh, <laughs> Darnell tells them to stop being broke and to touch paper by offering them, offering to do some work for Rashad, who we can assume at this point is also a drug dealer. Um, but Will and Ice Trey, I'm sorry, Trey, turn down the work because they know Will has a scholarship on the way. He's on the way to big things. Um, Darnell says that if he hadn't gone to Juvie, Will would still be riding the bench. And not to be disrespected, Will stands up for himself. But, um, Puya, it looks like uh, Will is – I'm sorry, um, Darnell is packing uh, heat. He's got a little – got a pistol on him. Uh, I don't got think himself, Will was ready for that one. Yeah, he's got himself a firearm. He was like, listen, don't step to me. And, and here's the thing with Will, Chappelle, is that – Will, this was the first moment, because like when they showed us his grades, he got a 97 in his test. He seems to be loved in his high school. He's out here trying to get a scholarship. There's people coming. This is the first time we see Will kind of, you know, stand up and, and kind of, you know, be like, I don't care that you're holding a weapon right now. Like, I am not going to back down. So it was a little bit scary. Uh, for me, yeah. for because well, you know when I watch these shows, I know they're scripted. I know they're not real. But then I'm almost like, but you lose your scholarship. Leave them alone. It's fine. Just walk away. <laughs> walk away. Thing. You have friends. It's okay. But it, it was it was it was definitely a moment where Darnell's clearly, first of all, very salty, drinking the mm. haterade. Um, he hit like obviously you mentioned Juvie. He he blames Juvie for not being where he is, and he thinks Will took his spot. It's kind of the vibe I'm getting here yeah and will we talked about his mom telling him the the line about the crown you can get your crown when you're ready i feel like he's not ready to leave philly because he wants his philly crown he wants to accomplish everything there then he wants to leave get his basketball dreams going or whatever wherever he's going to go next and in this moment he felt like he wasn't getting respect in his own city so he definitely wasn't willing to let that live down right and darnell tells him like hey meet me at the basketball court if you want some smoke and in that moment, Will is standing on the street corner and he's looking around and 
the people in the neighborhood see him. Like he wasn't just disrespected. He was disrespected in front of the people, in front of the women, mm -hmm. in front of the neighbors. And then, you know, so <laughs> now he's heated and we find out that for the next three hours, he's still talking Trey's <laughs> ear off about it. Um, I think it was what bull talks like he runs West, uh, West Philly, you know, it's principle here, you know, he's not okay with it. Um, and again, Trey is there to remind him like, you got this scholarship, man. You don't need to be respected in the hood. Cause you leave in the hood. So, like, Will, what is the issue? Like, Puyo, why can't Will see outside of this day? Like, in what, in the course of a couple years, he won't even be in Philly anymore. But, I mean, it's ultimately, it's it's all about legacy. It's all about being the big fish in the small pond. He wants to make his name there live in infamy. He If he, mm. wants, if he leaves, he doesn't want people to forget. I'll tell you this. One of the things I noticed when I moved from Dubai was how quickly I fell out of touch with so many people and no one was like, where's Puya? That kind of died real quick. So I kind of feel like yeah. he doesn't want that to happen. He wants everyone to remember Will Smith, and that's what he's about. And in this instance, he feels like Darnell is someone who, you know, shouldn't be stepping up to him the way he is. Because mm -hmm. if he's going to leave, if he's going to be the legend of the neighborhood, he can't leave knowing someone disrespected him or someone didn't put good on his name. Right. Especially in front of people like you can't you can't play me in front of the folks. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. You disrespect me in private. I might let you slide. But now I got to make a scene. You know, I got to act a fool. What would everyone else think, Chappelle? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like now. Now you didn't call me out. Um, And so, yeah, Will wants to take his problem to the basketball court. But wisely um, and maybe not so wisely, Trey is like, this is going to be dangerous. And we find out that Trey, too has a gun you know he's been packing the gun uh in his backpack and it's for protection because it seems like they're about to be get into a little trouble here um and so instantly i'm worried because i'm like well i don't want you to have a gun but i also don't want you to need a gun you know <laughs> like i definitely right. don't want you to be in that situation um but it doesn't look like there's any talking uh will out of this um, no and yeah. and that's the thing with trey is up until this point it's like all right Trey is the one that's keeping Will on the right path. He's like, this is my guy. I want to, I want what's best for him. He's about to get the scholarship. Let's not mess it up. But also, if anything happens, I have got my own gun to retaliate. We are cool. I was like, Trey, right. I did not expect this from you, but also you're protecting your buddy. So I kind of get where you're coming from here. He's in he's in a tight spot. It's not like he could go tell Will's mom, like Will's about to go fight somebody. I mean, he could, but I mean, you want to talk about disrespecting somebody in the hood. That that's about as low as it gets. You go tell yeah. somebody, mama. Yeah. That's worse. That's <laughs> worse than stepping up. You might as well have left and not said anything. That's worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So they really don't have another choice here. I mean, there are choices, but they're not gonna make them. Um, mm -hmm. so at the court, we see Will challenging Darnell to a game of two on two, and they decide to make a wager. Um, at this point. Um, Rashad appears and Rashad is like the big bad drug dealer on the block, you know. Yes. Um, he says he's sick of real uh Will's raw raw shit and he uh wants to up the stakes a little bit, you know. Um he says if he loses the basketball game, or if Darnell loses the basketball game, I should say, um, he will pay Will two thousand dollars. But if Will loses, he will take a job on the block working for Rashad. Now, for me, this is the biggest hater move of all. Right. Because it does not benefit Rashad to have Will specifically on the block for him. There's plenty of people who will probably sell drugs for him, but he is trying to ruin Will's future. Right. We know yeah. Will is all about going off and being the big dog at the, and, and getting out of the hood and going to be a basketball player. And he's saying, no, throw that all away and be like us and never move up. You know, and yeah. that is where I'm like, Rashad, you suck. 
<laughs> Rashad doesn't <laughs> want greatness for for anyone in his neighborhood but himself. So he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this kid has ambition. We're gonna we're gonna defuse this real quick. If he loses, he's not going anywhere. He's stuck with us. If he wins, two K, that's no big deal to us. That's pocket change. We'll give it to him." Right. In my old neighborhood, like the drug dealers wouldn't mess with you if you had something going on because they wanted you to be like they looked oh, at you as somebody them. who. Yeah, they looked at you as somebody who was smarter than that, right? Yeah. You know, like, if you came around, they'd be like, hey, you stay out of trouble or something like that. Like, normally, if you got into that kind of stuff, it's because you had, like, a relative or you were seeking it out. But mm. I, I ain't never been recruited by a drug dealer, and I've met a bunch of them. You know, like, yeah. I've never been, like, on the street corner and they're like, hey, man, you want a job? Like, they'd be like, go home. You know, it's about to get dark outside. That means, like, okay, it's about to get real, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I wonder, like, I was like, hey, stop villainizing drug dealers here, but also Rashad sucks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I was, before, you, I'm glad you cut me up because I was about to be like, oh, that's nice. Like, that's yeah. not, they're still not great people, but also at I, least they're thoughtful towards, you know, the right. future. Yeah, they can see the person who has no business in this in this area, right? A lot of them turn to that life because they have nothing else, right? Like, right. I, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, I'm not going to make it in school. I'm not going to do this. There's a lot of people who just do it for clout or do it for immediate money. But some people are like, this is my life. And this don't have to be yours. I know your mama. I went to church with your granny. You know, like, <laughs> you better than this. And so normally they push you out. But super hater here, Rashad, is like, nah, you're going to stay under my wing and be one of my minions for the rest of your life. Um, so the basketball game comes down to game point. And it ends with Will dunking on Rashad. Oh, I'm sorry, on Darnell and just posterizing him. You know, just like Hold on. In, yeah, you want to talk about disrespect? Ain't no better disrespect than just like dunking on somebody. Dunking on somebody and then standing over top of them, flexing. Like it's the ultimate side of disrespect. Like, also, you're not helping them get up. Like these two do not like each other, but also Will just put fuel to the fire here, full on. He didn't need to go all out with the dunk contest, but he did. Oh, yeah. He's a flashy individual. He's like dunking. He's stepping over him like Allen Iverson. And then he's demanding his payment in 20s. Like $2,000 in 20 wheels. Stop. Stop. Stop it. I wish I was this cocky at 16 and this confident (laughs) in myself. You could never. I'm like, "Uh, uh, Rashad, you know how you said you're going to give me 2,000? Can I I get that now? Like, that's my energy. I'm not being like, give me the 20s only. Put a rubber band around. Like, I'm not – give me a briefcase. Like, that is not happening for me. Yeah, like, that's it. I, I'm I'm still hoping, like, I won the game. I don't know if you're going to pay me, but I'll just stand here and hope that you do. And if you don't, after 10 minutes, I might leave, you know? Right, <laughs> like, yeah, in awkwardness, <laughs> walk away. Yeah. Right. At least I won, you know what I'm saying? Um, But, yeah, this does not go over well with Darnell. And he ends up throwing the ball at Will. And this is a callback to our intro song because we know – that the ball bounces over to the thugs and then it gets in one little fight. His mom got scared and we know all the rest of the story with that. Um, but this fight is so much more graphic. Like this is a dramatic version of that fight. We see will in the, uh, in the theme song. Don't you think Puya? Oh yeah. I mean, in the theme song, will gets carried and then like rotated <laughs> spun around with a bird's eye view for like what? 10 <laughs> seconds. That's it. Yeah. Here, that's fight. <laughs> yeah, Darnell throws the ball. It doesn't hit Will. It hits Rashad. Rashad freaks out. Who threw that at me? And then Darnell, like, you know, a snaky ass walks away. And he points at Trey. Did you throw it at me? He's like, he didn't throw it at you. And Will's immediate reaction is, I'm just going to sucker punch him in the face. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. And then it's yeah. a whole brawl. People are, like, kicking Trey. Like, there's, like, eight people just kicking on this kid. Will goes over to Trey's bag, pulls out the gun, two bullets in the air, Everyone disperses, and then he points the gun at Rashad. And at this point, 
I did not know what to. I mean, obviously, I'm like, you know, I know where the story goes because I've seen the sitcom, but also, <laughs> is he going to shoot him? Right. I know this is not the last episode, so I know <laughs> right. this, this. Like, I know, I know this is not going to end with either him in jail or him dead. So I was confident that he wasn't going to shoot him, but my mouth was wide open when he pointed the gun at him because you do not point a gun at somebody if you don't plan on using it. Um, because once, you, if you don't use it, that person's going to use their gun. Or they're right. going to make sure you regret it. And that's pretty much the, the first conflict of the episode. It's literally Will pointing a gun at the most dangerous kid or a guy in the whole city. Um, I mean, in West Philly at the very least. Um, because Rashad says, if you're going to point that at me, you better pull the trigger. Because if you don't, I'm going to kill you. And yeah. just in time, the police show up to break everything up. Yeah, the police show up. Trey's able to escape. Will gets apprehended, sadly. Um, and then obviously he, ta- he gets taken away. I think Rashad also gets taken away. So the two of them were taken away. And, you know, these are kind of the first moments of, oh, yeah, this is not this is a drama we're watching. Like Will's yeah. in this jail cell with like the single two tears coming out of his right eye. He's trying to like keep it together. Rashad's like, tears won't save you. It's not going to happen. And uh, it was pretty terrifying. I'm not going to lie to you, Chappelle. Yeah, he's staring at him like he's all battered and bruised and teary-eyed and he's in jail regretting everything. And he just sees Rashad over in the next cell looking menacing at him, you know. And um, to everyone's surprise, Will is released the very next morning, like crack of dawn. He's like, uh, out of there. And um, Rashad is upset because he sees all this happen and he knows the game. He knows that like if you haven't talked to a judge, you ain't getting out of jail, not for no gun charge. Mm. And Will is walking off scot-free. And so it, Rashad in that moment is saying, you must have snitched. You must have That's told somebody. Answer. Right. But here's the thing. Snitched on what? Right? Like, they started the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? What's the, are you really snitching in this moment? Like, the police pulled up while y'all were in mid-moments. I don't think it's like, like you had any information on the guy. Like, did you go tell him, like, oh, he's a drug dealer? I'm sure the streets know that he's a drug dealer. Right. He has so, a rap sheet. He has, like, yeah. they know who he is, right? They don't know who Will is. So... Yeah. What would he have snitched on was my question as well. Like, Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was a fight. Well, yeah, no, duh. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm sure that's, that's the minimum, but for whatever reason, that's enough to get uh, Rashad very angry. And as Will is walking his way out, we see Rashad yelling from the jail cell that Will needs to watch his back. And he just sits there seething, um, you know, as that scene ends. Um, of course, on the ride home, we see Will and his mom riding home. And this is the lecture that he deserves, right? Like, the question she's asking, where did you get the gun? If it wasn't yours, then why did you have it in your hands? Why are you pointing it at somebody? All Will can do is apologize as his mom basically says, listen, you're not you're not staying here anymore. It's time for you to go. Yeah, which is very sad because literally the last time we saw Vi, she was talking about how... She's excited with everything with him. There's nothing but love for him. She believes in him. For that quick 180 overnight to have all this other stuff go down, you know she's, you know, hurt inside to have to send him away right out the gate here. But, hey, she's sending him away for his own betterment, for his safety, because she also knows. She's from West Philly. She knows what's what happened here, and she knows her son isn't safe. Oh, yeah. She doesn't want to bury her son. Nobody should have to do that. Right. She'll have to bury their child. And she's like, look, you got to get on this plane and you have to go and you can't come back until the coast is clear. until we got everything figured out. Um, and so, yeah, like just like the extended theme song says, he's on a first uh, first class flight 
to Los Angeles now. And, you know, he tries to fight it. He tries to object. But there's really no arguing with if you stay here, you will be killed. So he's got to go. Um, and, yeah, so, Puya, that ends our time in Philly. But we get to mm -hmm. fast forward here all the way to the mean streets of L.A. And, man, when that Thundercat song oh, drops, I'm like, ah, they So did it. good. Yes. Yes. We see Will and his Uber driver, um, who we haven't been introduced to yet, but I'm sure we'll talk about him in, in just a moment, um, with the license plate that says fresh and it has dice in the mirror, as the song says. Um, the two talk and instantly bond over the driver, recognizing that Will is from West Philly. Um, as you know, that's Will's love language. That's really all he cares about. <laughs> and yeah. so... Yeah, so the driver gives Will a word of advice, and he says, you know, welcome to L.A., but this town will try to make you forget who you are and where you came from, so don't let it do that. And those words will resonate throughout the episode, don't you think, Puyo? It, it really feels like it heightened that sense of belonging to Philly and him right before he even steps into the um, the Banks' house. He was mm -hmm. completely guard up. I'm Philly. I represent Philly, and I'm not going to let them tell me where I'm not from. I'm not going to forget where I'm from. And obviously this was a recurring theme all the way through here, but I feel like the cabbie really, or the Uber driver really hammered that home for him. If a stranger is telling you this and they don't know you and they don't know what you really like, then it must like, then it must be real. Right, right, right. And it's as they pull up to the Banks's home, you know, uh, his cousins and aunt and uncle being the Banks's, um, this is where I think it starts to set in that, Oh yeah, this is a completely different world that you're that you're walking into. Like um, the Uber driver introduces himself as Jazz with two Z's. Um, oh my god, so <laughs> such a good line. Good, so good. <laughs> because I'm not gonna lie to you, I didn't expect it to be Jazz. I didn't know where we were gonna go with this because obviously Jazz isn't his like cab driver in the theme song or in the show at all. He's his friend from back. So. This was a very fun twist, and I love the way they introduced him because now I think Jazz, I think moving forward, Jazz is gonna end up becoming his tray in LA. So I like yeah. that for him. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, and I think in uh, the original series, Jazz is introduced in episode two, as, mm -hmm. and Will is like, I just met this guy and he likes music. So it's kind of like the same type of bond that he has with this cab driver. I think they just kind of like merge, um, merge the roles. You know, Jazz originally played by the DJ Jazzy Jeff, um, but is now being played by Jordan L. Jones, who is both from Snowfall. Um, and so, yeah, it's good to see him in this role. I like I liked a lot of the actors they picked out for this. So I was happy to see them popping up randomly and kind of recognizing them for other stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, Jazz's words are going to ring true here because Jazz is the last person that Will is going to relate to on this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because, yeah, they're at the come up. This is a mansion. And yeah, um, here we are. Um, in, in this iteration, um, you know, Jazz was his guy. And so I'm sure moving forward, we'll get a lot more of that kind of like that bromance that they have, um, including the moment where they asked for the payment. Uh, Puya, do you remember the part where they asked for the Uber fare of that 150 that magically kind of raised when uh, Jeffrey showed up? Yeah. So it was 150. He's like, okay, let me just go into the house and get it. And then we meet Jeffrey. And Jeffrey's like, how much is the fare we've got it covered? And Jazz says, mm, you know, from, from LAX to Bel Air, mm, cross the T's, dot the I's. I think about an even 200 would make sense. And then they look <laughs> at each other. And then Jeffrey kind of like nonchalantly pulls out some money, throws him 200s. And I love this choice for Jeffrey. I love the person they cast for Jeffrey. He fits the role perfectly. And like, 
it's like a younger Jeffrey, and and mm-hmm. I'm into it. I'm into this role. I'm very much into this role right now. Yeah, I think Jeffrey, as in the original one, will be a standout in this season as well. You know, like in the original cast, of course, like Jeffrey was kind of just like a recurring wacky character that we always got to see. But here with uh, Jimmy Akingbala playing Jeffrey, like we're going to get a new, I would say, swaggier side of Jeffrey, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, he seems a little bit more laid da- laid back and down to earth uh, than like kind of stuffy uh, Jeffrey that the at least the air that the other Jeffrey used to put on, you know. Um, so I'm excited to see where they go with this because he's not a butler anymore, Puya. He's a house manager. I don't know right. if you caught it's, that. That's different. That is different. That's a step up. The, the Jeffrey's on the come up too here. <laughs> exactly. Um, they enter the house. And it's immaculate, as we could have expected, because it's a huge mansion. It's got the two big old staircases, and there's a ton of people around, and there's people like it's everywhere. Like everybody looks so fancy. Um, and it's obvious from the beginning that Will is gonna struggle with getting accommodated. Um, it looks like he and Jeffrey are gonna bond a little bit over their um their like for basketball. It seems mm-hmm. like they both have interest there. Um, Will's favorite player being uh, you know, Philly legend Allen Iverson. And um Jeffrey, uh, giving a shout out to Kobe Bean Bryant as well. So I'm more of a King Kobe guy myself. Gives his finger to the air. Phil does this. Uh, Will does the same thing. Um, yeah. I love this exchange. This is when I realized, okay, Jeffrey's going to be a little bit cooler, a little bit swaggier than the Jeffrey of the past, which was great. Um, I also like that Will attempted to take a shot at him when uh, Jeffrey went to take his back. He's like, calm down, Idris. And Jeffrey's like, <laughs> Idris, huh? How original. Well done. Right. You could do better. It was like a, I see your roast, but I'm disappointed. It wasn't good. It's not as slick as you think it is. Right. You told me you was from Philly. Don't come in here with that weak sauce. You know what I'm saying? Like, if right. you go roast, you got to roast. Um, you know, I think back in the day, they used to call Jeffrey like Benson and stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. real uh, silly stuff. But yeah, I could see them roasting each other in the future too. Um, then we meet Aunt Viv. And I was like, oh my God, who is that? She's so fine. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Aunt Viv <laughs> is beautiful. Yeah. Yes. She comes around looking so good, and when Je- uh, when Will jokingly asks for a map around the mansion, and he calls it a John, Aunt Viv is like, "Oh, I'm I'm at home," you know, like thank God somebody from the old neighborhood is here because she misses it, you know. It has mm-hmm. like she went through the same moves that Will did. She left Philly and came to Bel Air as well, so um, I think she's happy to kind of have that moment with him, especially because it was kind of similar in the premiere of the uh, the first uh, Fresh Prince. It wasn't that Aunt Viv missed Philly and was like bonding with him but when will came in using his slang it endeared him to like you know um aunt viv and to ashley at different points and so yeah i like to see that little callback Aunt viv here played by cassandra freeman from inside man and luke cage in atlanta um you know uh, normally played by either dark skin Aunt viv um janet hubert or light skin Aunt viv uh daphne maxwell reed so you know Hopefully we don't get any uh, Aunt Viv switch outs throughout. I hope not. Series. I hope not. Especially yeah. after watching that reunion and the heartbreak. I'm not ready for more heartbreak on a show that I love. Please. We can't go oh, through gosh. this again. Yeah, we'd have to do a whole separate podcast about that reunion just, just for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, there seems to be a party going on in the house, but Aunt Viv is trying to shuffle him upstairs. Will insist on going to the party. And so Aunt Viv kind of gives him a tour around the house. Um which it turns out it's a fundraiser because Uncle Phil is running for a district attorney. Uh, yes. The next family member they end up coming across here is Hillary. And so did you have any comments about this scene before we get into Hillary? I mean, this is where, you know, combined with the RIP Kobe and now 
Hillary's like bag. It's very clear that this is a not a based in the 90s. This is modern day 2022 that we're dealing with. Because Hillary is exactly what you'd imagine in 2022. She is kind of going for that influencer lifestyle. She's doing a live. She's 3,000 viewers on Instagram. Chappelle, you and I did a live like four days ago. 200 people. We're nothing. 200. Hillary is yeah. immaculate. We are nothing. Um, she has 75,000 <laughs> followers on Instagram. So she's living her best life. Um, but obviously, Anvil was like, listen, stop. Cut the Cut the live. No more social media for you till the end of the party. Show will around. I like the choice for Hillary. I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with each of the siblings here because it's clear that they're going to put a like a new twist on them. And Hillary's was the one that was immediately obvious. The other two, I feel like not so much yet. Yeah, Hillary's is a little, yeah, it, it's very different. But I think there are subtleties and we'll talk about them throughout the episode as well mm -hmm. to kind of tie her to the original. But yeah, here we have Coco Jones playing Hillary. Um, Coco Jones being from Vampires versus the Bronx, which I watched on Netflix for no reason last year. Um, and also, I think she was a Disney kid for a while. So she's like a recording artist and she's done all that stuff. So I'm happy to see her kind of stepping into an adult role. Um, Hillary seems to be trying to be an influencer, as you said. So she takes Will upstairs to help him find some clothes for the party she says she's the princess so she has to find clothes fit for a prince and they find themselves in carlton's room puya this room oh my god carlton's so room nice. is um, uh, this is this is ridiculous like the room is huge is there like an arcade in there it's too much going on in this room i this closet it's so there, much you can tell how big a room is with how much space is in between the bed when the bed is in the center and you've got side tables but then like more walking distance that is a big room. And it was, you know, fit for, forget Prince King. This was a great mm -hmm. room. There's a whole walk-in closet with like a little counter and stuff. I, I wouldn't move out if I lived in this room. I'd be like, this is my room. This is my place. This is it. Yeah, bigger than my house for sure. Um, yeah, Carlton's room is immaculate. And Hillary tells us that she moved into the pool house because she's trying to pop off her cooking show with her whole influencer thing. And so they just end up raiding Carlton's huge-ass closet um, to find some clothes that actually fit him. And uh, ironically enough, there are clothes there because Carlton, uh, apparently he purchased a bunch of clothes because he thought he had a growth spurt coming, Puya. Is that what they said? That's exactly what they said. It was the first stab at Carlton that we've gotten this uh, series and I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I've definitely bought clothes before in like maybe a smaller size. Like, oh, they only have like one medium left or a, mm -hmm. one large. And I'm usually an XL. I think I'll I'll fit into this, you know, just a couple months at the gym, some dieting. I need this yeah. T-shirt. Still not worn this T-shirt. It's still in my closet. But you know, <laughs> men can dream. Let me dream. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know how Carlton would expect to gain seven inches of height on a growth spurt, though. I mean... Will's got about a foot on him almost. I mean, see, I dream, he dreams big. Like this is a <laughs> this is a fan he he fantasies when he dreams. It's too much. Yeah, he dreams big and tall because there's no way he thought he was going to wear uh, wear that. But also in this moment, uh, we find out that Carlton is the Jackie Robinson of lacrosse at his school, which is a really weird like descriptor for Carlton, but it does come into play later on a little bit. So I do have some comments about that uh, when we go find out about the lacrosse uh, situation. Um, so Will ends up changing into his suit. Uh, but of course, he keeps his sneakers on because he got to maintain his Philly swag. Puya, you know me well enough to know it's a Chappelle move. I'm wearing the sneakers yes. with the suit. And yeah, I mean, as the sneakerhead on the panel, I got to ask you, were they good or no? 
Yeah, Will's shoes throughout are good. I don't know if you remember. Of course, I remember because shoes just attract my whole attention. But in uh, episode one of The Fresh Prince, I think Will was wearing some fives, like these black uh, Jordan fives. And mm-hmm. I think throughout this one, um, like he changes up. I think at one point he's wearing some sixes. So yeah, shoe game on point. I love it. Um, but I definitely like took a minute to like just respect the drip, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so after Will is dressed, they end up heading into the party and they're surrounded by all these top donors and people of influence within the community. Um, and he sees his Uncle Phil in the distance and approaches him to say hello. Now, this is another callback to the first time that Will meets Uncle Phil um, in the regular series, because um, when Uncle Phil, I think, is having like another gathering for some people of influence and Will is kind of like introducing himself, but it's very flamboyant. You know, it's very like big energy and people are kind of looking at him and mm-hmm. i don't think uncle phil is loving the attention will is bringing um to the uh to the party i mean he's like this party is crazy it's john liddy as hell you know that's not uncle phil's style i don't think no i mean it's clear to uncle like this is not so much like a social party for uncle phil as much as it is a fundraiser and more of a campaign to gain the confidence of his community to like back him for this district attorney job. So he's holding it like, and I think obviously because it's his thing that he's hosting, he is putting way more weight on it. I don't think anyone was turned off by what Will is doing here. Um, But I think uncle Phil is just on a heightened sense uh, sensitivity right now of wanting to make sure everything goes right. And just getting his, you know, nephew, uh, sorry, his, um, what's the phrase? I'm sorry to Jacob Jones. What's the phrase I'm looking for here? Oh, I guess, I mean, technically, oh, you, you talk, yeah, his technically nephew? is his nephew. Yeah, I mean, technically. Yeah, okay, I nailed yeah. it. Okay, the, forget the Jacob. Jones. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, he's just trying to, you know, he's just trying to make sure everything goes smoothly. And it's very clear he wants to have a talk with, with Phil here because he kind of cuts him short and says, we'll talk, we have to talk later. Um, I'm glad you're safe. Please move on yeah. from me now. Please stop it. Stop doing this. <laughs> stop acting like this. Uh, yeah, Uncle Phil is kind of like interrupting Will to be like, hey, why don't you go somewhere else? And so, you know, Will doesn't catch the hint at first. So Uncle Phil ends up introducing him to a man we see standing nearby named Fred Wilkes. Um, so Uncle Phil, we talked about him a little bit. He's played by, um, I believe it's Adrian Holmes from The Cabin in the Woods and uh, Elysium. But I hate him in both of those roles. So I'm like trying to give the actor some leeway. Um, <laughs> you get one more chance, Adrian. You get, you get one more chance. Fred Wilkes, on the other hand, is Joe Holt from The Walking Dead World Beyond, which I talk about here on this very network, Post Show Recap. So, you know, if you're familiar with The Walking Dead coverage with me, myself, uh, AJ Maz, Josh Wiggler, and Jessica Lee's, you know, you might recognize Fred here. Um, but yeah, he was formerly played by John Amos in the original um, series. And so these are kind of like Uncle Phil's, like, I guess, colleagues in a way. But also you kind of get a sense that there's some tension between them. Did you? Yes, yes. And I think um, Uncle Phil brings this up later to Aunt Viv in a conversation they were having. Um, there might be some other stuff going on beyond just the trying to gain their confidence. Maybe it's um, trying to... Maybe Uncle Phil is in a bad spot. Then he's trying to fix some stuff potentially here. Right, exactly. Um, another man standing there, Judge Robertson, who was played by Sherman Helmsley the first time uh, the Fresh Prince rolled around. But now here it's played by a different gentleman whose name I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, Will ends up calling him Robbie Rob and, you know, just drawing so much attention to himself. Yes. And 
Je- to the point where Jeffrey just has to come and step in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's hitting them with the longer handshakes, like the extra. He's, you know, he's putting some swag in it, but I don't think they kind of understood what was going on. And this is Uncle Phil's melting into the ground at this point. You can tell he doesn't want this to happen. But hey, listen, he, you know, <laughs> Jeffrey got you, Uncle Phil. Yes. Jeffrey's here to make the interception and he does it successfully. Yeah, he gets him out of the way, but Fred Wilkes does make note of it, and so we'll see how that comes back later on in the series, I bet. Um, the next family member we meet is Ashley Banks, played by Akira Akbar. Uh, Puya, did you recognize Ashley Banks, like the actress? No, what would I know her from? This is Monica Rambo in uh, Captain Marvel. So she grows up to be Tiana Paris oh. in WandaVision. But young young uh, Monica Rambo is in this uh, film as Ashley Banks. Um, Ashley Banks, of course, originally played by Tatiana Ali in the original series. But mm-hmm. now we get a different take on that. And I was very excited. I was like, I know her, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's fun to see Ashley because as we know in the first series, Ashley and Will become really, really close Um throughout they bond instantly and even in this moment she's able to take will off to find some food and kind of shows him around and, and teaches him the ropes of fine dining here at this party um puya somehow will still finds a way to order that philly cheesesteak they told him he can go off menu Chappelle, and you don't tell a man who wants something specific they can do that because they will fully take advantage of that now People don't, might not know this about us, Chappelle. We share a big love for food, both of us. Uh, you mm-hmm. often will share your lunch of the day with me if it's something worth taking a photo of. What did you... I personally, if I'm not going to lie to you, I saw lamb chops. I would have been eating hella lamb chops. I would have had no problem with this. 100%. I was like, Will, I, I know you want that Philly cheesesteak, but listen, you can have it all. You know, like, yeah. you got money now, baby. Get the lamb, get the steak, get the ribs, like... Look, there's some good stuff out there. You just don't know about it, Will, but you're going to learn because you can't, you don't turn down fine dining because when, when it's done well, oh my God, the taste, the flavors, you know, Philly cheesesteak is good, but you got to broaden your horizons, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's, like, it's one of those things where I feel like maybe later he'll, mm-hmm. you know, his palate will build. He might like it more. Right now, he's kind of homesick still. He's trying to get that flavor from home. And it sounds like the chef there did a good job, Chappelle. He was very happy with what he got. Yeah, the chef's got people from Pittsburgh. <laughs> he knows he knows some folks that's not too far away. So he's yeah, he's got Will's back. But Will's big personality in this order is spotted by Lisa. Um, mm-hmm. Lisa is um, like I guess she spots him from across the room. I think Will actually saw her first, but now she finally has made her way over to him, and she's instantly on it. Like she's complimenting his shoe game, the suit combo, and it seems like they're flirting very quickly. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> chemistry right there is like on point. They just get right to it. Um, not to spoil the show at all, but Lisa's character is played by who we know as Nia Long in the original right. series. Yeah, and so uh, it would have been nice to see Nia Long in this series, but uh, as J. Cole said, you know, his only regret was that he was too young for Nia Long. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so we get Lisa here, um, played by, if I can remember, I think I had it in my notes somewhere. Um, uh, Lisa is played by Simone Joy uh, Jones. Um, yes. And I'm not very familiar with her. I think she's relatively new as well. Like, they got her and Will specifically for these roles, I think. Yeah, um, she was then- on, let's see, she was on something called The Chair, which is a TV show, American Rust, which is a TV show, both from this past year. And then before that, in something called The Son of No One from 2011. So that's all she has credited on IMDb. That is not a big 
um, sheet of of uh, credentials here. Yeah, so we'll see if Lisa's able to keep up with them. I mean, because like I was impressed with the acting in this, and so mm -hmm. we'll see if Lisa's able to kind of stand up to some of these more se uh, seasoned actresses um, and actors throughout the series. Um, but yeah, this is this is the fun part because they're like, okay, we got the romance already. We're right out the gate with it. Um, but of course, Puya, my least favorite character so far. I mean, I you thought I hated Rashad. <laughs> I'm not, oh my if God. you had given me like two guesses, I would have hit it though. I would have full yeah. on hit your battleship here for sure. Puya Carlton, what? Uh, yes. This Carlton here, like the original Carlton, I never hated Carlton at any point. I miss Alfonso. I, I miss Alfonso. Like, what are you doing? Like, who is this guy? And why do I hate everything about him? Ali Charlton is playing Carlton here. And oh my God, if they cast him to be somebody that you love to hate they did it and they did it well because i hate him every scene that he's in i hate his guts oh i uh, think that's exactly what he's here for and he's he's nailing the job like what we've watched one episode Chappelle, and i felt everything you're feeling so much yeah. so um but i could i'm like but i respect it because you're doing your job well you know like you i know exactly he has to be there to to for us to not root for he has to be there for us to get irritated with I really do think even the first exchange he has with Will was very shady, very shady. Everyone else was welcoming to Will except for Carlton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's unlike the original series, too. You know, like Carlton, in my opinion, always kind of looked at Will as somebody who he kind of wanted to aspire to kind of be like him, but not in like an envious way, more like a like a longing to, you know, like he wants to be cool. He wants Will's like the same kind of allure that Will has, but not in a hating ass way. This was a hating ass way, you know, like. Carlton, what are you doing? Um, he's instantly like, "Why are you really here? I thought you came here to get a, a, a good education, like or whatever." Like he he is just, I mean, completely down bad, haterade, all the things, and I am I hate everything about him. I'm sorry, um, but you do get the vibe that it's not just the will that's the problem because yes, Lisa's standing right there. Puyo, they pick, you picked that up too, right? Yeah, there was like this awkward like back and forth with just their eyes and immediately my assumption was okay either he has a thing for her or they dated like something of the sort something like lisa and carlton have some kind of history that we don't know about and this has clearly bothered carlton enough that he's being this way potentially being a little antagonistic towards will who's literally done nothing but eat a cheesecake oh cheesesteak and also actually carlton was not happy that will was wearing his stuff too we should know oh, yeah. that as well and the whole cuffling scene like stop it carlton stop like, it don't kick Grow him up. while he's down he's he's learning yeah i wonder if carlton cared about any of that stuff or it was all about lisa you know like i wonder if he cared about like if he wouldn't even came over there about the suit or about the like why are you really here if will hadn't been talking to lisa in that exact moment you know like had she not been there would he been more you know uh warm and welcoming toward will we'll never know because he comes in here with like his antennas up and he's ready to like it's kind of ready to antagonize our boy um so yeah not loving carlton at all um he ends up heading up to his room though um where ashley is playing like arcade basketball and hillary is preparing for a photo shoot again this house is ridiculous um and Ashley and Hillary seem eager to invite Will along to be a part of the family photo and the events sur surrounding like this campaign to be district attorney. But Carlton is the only one who objects and he tries to casually be like, no, Will needs a break. 
but um, it doesn't seem like Carlton wants Will around at all. Yeah, I feel like, you know, immediately Will shows up is in his clothes that fit Will better, quite frankly, because these mm-hmm. were not built for Carlton. So he's already <laughs> styled it out. He looks good in them. He's talking to this girl that he may or may not like. He may There might be something there. Um, he's in his house. He's eating his food. I feel like Carlton immediately, you know, has this feeling of being replaced. And he's also, he's the middle child. So I feel like there's a little bit of like that fear of, I don't matter. And I feel like now here comes Will and he might think, I don't matter. He's the new shiny, like, boy here to replace me. He does say, you know, I always wanted a brother. I was like, you're lying to me right now, Carlton. You were fine. Your life was fine before this. Don't even lie to me. Exactly. Like, you're full of it. Stop it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that again, haterade all over him. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, the Banks family ends up uh, just standing out in front of the yard without Will, of course, giving this speech. And Uncle Phil is giving his whole speech about, like, you know, his views as district attorney and how he... um, thinks the system is broken and he wants to keep young black men out of prison. And this is the moment where Will kind of picks up that this might be connected to why he's actually here, right? Because it does mirror Will's situation as of being somebody who was in jail and now magically is not in jail. Um, Right. Yeah, it's very sharp of him to kind of pick that, uh, put that together, don't you think? I mean, low-key, I didn't recognize it until the next scene when he's talking to Phil and I realized... Oh, that's why there was that long stare. Like I missed it. Will picked it up. Mm-hmm. I missed it. Will pretty much in that moment thinks, am I supposed to be a publicity stunt? Am I a case study? Is that why I'm here? Is it not care? Is it just because you needed someone to like be the poster for this? Because he's not okay with that. He's not okay with being anybody's like um, case study here. Yeah. And Uncle Phil is like upset about it too, because he's telling Will, I did so much to get you out of jail. And you out here being ungrateful, you know, you're, you're mad at me for helping you. And Will's like, but are you helping me or are you helping you? You know? And so I think that's really where the conflict is. Um, Mm. but the story is simple. Um, he came to Bel Air for, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, right? He's not going anywhere. Will has to stay and play, play nice because he has nothing to go back to. He cannot go back to Philly because he could get killed. Um, and so he's in a tight spot here. Yeah, and, you know, Uncle Phil basically tells him, let's get your story straight. You came here for a better education, and that's what you're going to tell people. You're not Mm going to tell people anything else beyond that. And while you're under my roof, you got to play by my rules. And, you know, kind of puts his foot down. And this is where you, you know, you can see Will doesn't like being told what to do. And it takes a lot out of him to just agree to Uncle Phil. And Uncle Phil wasn't really looking for, like, big thank yous. He just wanted, you know... Will to treat this situation with respect and not treat it as it's as if it's not a serious thing. Yeah, and we, and we know from the original source material and from what we know about Will Smith, he's not the most serious guy, so it's gonna be no. a tough one for him. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Will, yeah, back in his room, he uh he's talking to Trey, um, because Trey is back in Philly and he's like, "Hey, where are you at? What what happened?" And that's when Will has to reveal to him, like, "I'm all the way in L.A." But Unfortunately, Trey is terrified because Rashad is on the warpath. Like he's telling everybody Will is a snitch and now the streets are out to get him. Like there's a bag on his head. And sadly, you know, like Trey could be next. And so um, Will's idea is to go back to Philly to fix the issue. Now, this seems crazy to me um, because what? But I mean, that's (laughs) the Will that we're dealing with in this series. I think he thinks he can do whatever he wants to do. 
I mean, yeah. he's 16 and feels invincible, right? Like that's yeah. really how he's been living his life all the way until this one altercation. And he thinks he's the person that can save Trey. And that's all he wants to do right now is save Trey. He doesn't want, he feels like he's left Trey behind. He's abandoned Trey. So he's not able to stomach that. Now, my big question to you, Chappelle, mm-hmm. do we think Trey will survive the first season or no? No, I'm worried about him. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Big Not same. gonna lie to you. Seeing how scared he was alone, like in this like undisclosed location, I I'm very nervous for our boy Trey here. Right. And I think there's got to be something that either takes Will back to Philly or keeps him out of Philly forever. And I think the death of Trey would be the thing, right? Where he has to go mm-hmm. back, maybe for the funeral or something like that. Or maybe he goes back for revenge. Something to that effect could probably happen. But I don't see Trey making it out. And it's sad because um, he looks terrified. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think he's long for this world. Um, but how is Will going to even get back to Philly? He ends up calling the only friend he's made so far, uh, his transportation guy, Jazz. Um, and so Will ends up escaping the mansion by jumping in the fence, uh, Jackie Chan style. And big gate. Like, he was it, going all top of this gate. It was it was massive. Yeah, the highest fence ever. It's like, this is a mansion, Will. There's got to be security measures here. And, of course, there are. Um, Uncle Phil and Jeffrey pretty much are just waiting on him at the door. Like, when he gets to the car with Jazz, they're right outside the car. Like, get back in the house. Um, And so Jazz is paid again, handsomely. And Will is forced to go back inside and deal with the situation. You know, like, death is almost certain if he goes home. So you might as well just stay here. Like, why would you go home and die? You know? And so this is just a conversation that Uncle Phil just has to have with him to remind him that these are the consequences of your own actions and you have to, you know, deal with them that uh, now that they're in front of you. Yeah. And, and Uncle Phil does hit him with this line that I did like, give this a chance. And I promise you, you'll be able to build anything you want. You have my word. Essentially telling him, listen, just give it a try. You will get to where you want to get to. Just for right now, just follow my lead here. It'll pay off later, which I did like from Uncle Phil. I think that though that line, I think, had more impact than the first conversation they had. I think that really helped cement a relationship between the two of them. Um, I do want to say I did like when Will first got to the car with Jazz. Jazz was like, because he was like, I need to leave. You got to take him back to, I got to get to a midnight flight to Philly tonight. And Jazz was like, no one's murdered in that house. Are you to murder anyone in this mansion? He's like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, no, that's a good point. He's like, I dropped off a guy from West Philly at this mansion. He claims he lives here, and now he's, like, escaping in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> why would you escape from this, you know? so Right. Yeah, Jazz is right to ask questions. Um, but, yeah, the thing that stood out for me in this scene was Will's crying mannerisms. Like, oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, he's Will Smith. Like, Will Smith, Will Smith. Because he was doing it. Like, that little rock he was doing side to side, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he was killing it. Um, so, yeah. P- great acting from uh this uh jabari is uh will's character because yeah, yeah. did correct me if i'm wrong at one point he does mention not having a dad growing up right and it immediately took me to that iconic fresh prince scene where he does cry and jabari yeah. does a great job i feel like one of the biggest things that a lot of people who have the nostalgia in their head are reluctant to give the show a chance potentially is going to be ah, oh, but like the way i imagined it it would never be these actors i'm telling you literally everybody i felt immediately fit the role uncle phil's the only one that i haven't had that connection with but i'm also noticing that this is a different play on uncle phil so i'm gonna we're gonna see some hopefully we're gonna see more connection with him but i feel like every other person 
I can see them in the new reimagined role easily, especially oh, yeah. Yeah. Jabari killing it with the will role. Yeah, but maybe not Carlton. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate that guy like I hate Joffrey. Um, but yeah, and in the first in the first series, you know, mm-hmm. Will's dad wasn't dead. He just wasn't around, and so right. you know, like so now it's kind of like, oh, they're gonna take that out. I, I, I guess we're not gonna get that iconic scene because I thought it was coming. Um, you know, somewhere in the series, but we'll see if they're able to kind of manufacture something like that. But that crying scene was spot on. Um. Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv end up talking and she reassures him that they did the right thing by bringing Will to LA. But this is where it sounds like Uncle Phil's kind of broken some rules, if you will, to get Will back here. Um, Because he's like, Will's talking too much. Like, he's in front of Mm -hmm. these people. um, He's in front of Fred Wilkes, which is a bad thing. And he's just saying this stuff. And I I went and moved mountains to get you here. And I don't want to end up in, in trouble because of what I did. So there's no telling what strings Uncle Phil pulled, but he did something unorthodox at the very least to get Will yeah. back to LA. The two things he said that I've had in my notes is he said he told Aunt Viv he crossed the line getting Will out and then he said he thinks Fred is getting suspicious um, mm-hmm. from the from the event. So I don't, I mean honestly I can't logic this because this is not a field of employment that I'm very aware of how things work but yeah. he must have done a little bit so maybe like leaned on his power a little bit to get this to happen and maybe mm-hmm. shouldn't have, or maybe that would be a bad look because then if he's, you know, playing favorites or pulling people out, even though there's like they've done the crime, so to speak, then would that, you know, have problems with his district attorney run that he's doing? Maybe that's what it is. But it is interesting because I think what this tells us is that Fred Wilkes is going to be a big feature, at least for this first season. And his not rivalry with Uncle Phil, but his dynamic with Uncle Phil is going to be something we're going to be talking about a couple episodes into. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, The next day, Will wakes up from a call from his mom, and she reminds him that the alternative to waking up in this new shiny mansion with all the cool stuff is waking up in jail. And so, you know, if if there's nothing else that will convince you, it's like you could always just be dead or in jail. So, you know, sit tight. It'll be okay. What a great good morning call, isn't it? It's like the the birds are chirping. Your mom's like, could have been in jail. Make make good of it. (laughs) Thanks, mom. You know, (laughs) but yeah. So, and it seems like it does help, you know, like these conversations have been, uh, you know, sinking in because Will goes down with a little pep in his step. He's happy to go down to have breakfast with the Banks family. And they're around the table, just chopping it up, talking about Hillary's cooking skills. And, you know, um, I think the scene here with Hillary is like a callback to the original series too, because Hillary's not conventionally smart if you will, mm-hmm. you know, like she's not in college as you, uh, as you would expect somebody of means to be. Um, and as we know in the original Fresh Prince, she is dumb Rock as a box out. of rocks. Yeah. 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 But she's stupid. And so um, <laughs> this, this Hillary is like, no, I just don't do what y'all want me to do. Right. You know, like I'm an influencer. I'm trying to cook. I'm just not going to college. Um, and so, you know, we hear about that, but I, I did catch that. Like, okay, we're still kind of, you know, we're going to be around that material, but we're not going to make her look foolish. Um, right. Yeah. Carlton ends up mentioning that he is going to have a busy day because he's going to lacrosse practice and then he's going to prepare to meet with somebody named Connor for a beach party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Uncle Phil is like, hey, Will, you should go too. And both of them immediately object. They're like, nah, I'm good. But Uncle Phil insists. So yeah. it looks like um, Will's off to uh, lacrosse practice. And I think Uncle Phil, you know, rightfully says, you know, come Monday, you're starting school, might as well get to know some people before that happens. And I think that's a solid mm-hmm. shout. I think he also sees that this will be good bonding for the boys to do together, but neither of them want to do this at all. So immediately, mm-hmm. again, we've set up a good 
you know, these are good foundations for the dynamic between Carlton and Will going into this series. Yeah, and I get the vibe that Uncle Phil might trust Carlton a lot and maybe hasn't decided if he trusts Will. So he's kind of like, Carlton, you will go with Carlton. You know, Carlton will keep you on the straight and narrow, which we will find out. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> Uncle Phil may have thought, you know, Carlton will be my eyes and ears while I'm not there. I don't think you're going to get what you were looking for, Phil, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we will see. Uh, yeah, when they get to the school, it's an amazingly huge, like ridiculous, fancy school. Um, Carlton tells Will, like, hey, keep your head down and follow my lead. But as we know, our Will does not follow people's leads well. Or um, keep especially his head as, down. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no, no. He's a head up type person. Um, so, yeah, especially someone who looks and, and acts as different to him as Carlton does, right? So he's like, I can't follow you. Um, so Carlton's off playing lacrosse, and Will spots Lisa again. Um, she just keeps popping up, you know. This time, she's in the pool, swimming laps. The two flirt a bit, and she clocks in a, a very impressive time for, I guess, whatever uh, swimming she was doing. Um, and so it looks like, again, the chemistry right there, Puya, is it's palpable. You can just see it. There's, there's something between these two that it just kind of clicks, you know? immediately and and you know both the acting's done phenomenally and and the characters i believe it you know i fully believe that this is how quickly will would flirt and lisa's very receptive it's very clear lisa's smitten with him it's a great connection and i'm loving it yeah in this moment lisa's even just like hey you want to get in the pool he's like no i'm not a pool guy i don't swim but i i would get in the shower and i was like okay listen Calm down, kids. It's like, Calm okay, down. Chappelle at 3 a.m., stop it. It's oh, no. <laughs> stop it. I started 11-ish. You know, got to start early. <laughs> you can't let the East Coasters fall asleep. What are you talking about? Oh, sure, how foolish so- of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, Will ends up asking Lisa, like, are you going to be at Connor's party? And she reminds him, like, hold on. We flirting and stuff, but I'm Carlton's ex and you're Carlton's cousin so this can't be a thing and Will's like what are you talking about this is friendly I wouldn't you know what we can't be friends you can't have friends and I'm like I know that move um so we've all been to this dance <laughs> <laughs> exactly um three o'clock ends up hitting and practice is over so Will heads over to the locker room to meet Carlton and get introduced to the lacrosse team and this is probably one of the most powerful uh scenes of the episode because Easily. it's a hot it's a hot topic episode like uh topic right here like the uh Hot N-Word by Bobby Schmurder is playing in the background, and the whole lacrosse team is going up for the song. I mean, they're, they're jamming. And Will spots Connor and a bunch of the other white kids just, I mean, singing word for word. The N-Word this, N-Word that. Like, the song is chock full of them, and they're hitting times. every last one of them. Yeah, with their whole chest, word for word, bar for bar. And Carlton is right there singing and dancing along. Who uh, you can't lie to you. My mouth was wide open. I was like, uh... I got to fight everybody. Carlton, too. Like, everybody got to go. Chappelle, um, I was texting you throughout watching the episode when I would hear a tune that I liked. I'd be like, oh, this yeah. person. Oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, my God, Bobby Schmurter's playing. I did not expect this at all. And then I yeah. wrote that out to you in all caps. And then the next thing I wrote is, what the F just happened? Like, yeah. I couldn't believe what I saw happen next. I was floored. Yeah, as someone who plays a lot of music for people and DJing and stuff like that, I avoid songs that will tempt people to do that, you know? Like, because I don't feel like I can't fight the whole club. I can't fight the whole party. You right. know, a lot of times people, yeah, like you you will be the only one there or you will end up leaving, you know, out of anger. So just like, 
I try not to put people in that position um, to not be responsible, but also it's your own personal responsibility. Don't say the word. If you're not supposed to say the word, don't say the word. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so Will immediately cuts in and is like, hey, watch your mouth. Like he, he feels disrespected. And I know there's a debate over like, if the rappers can say it, why can't I say it? And this, that, and the other. Listen, anybody can say the word. The, the, the results just may vary. You know, like, right. you, like I say it and I, nobody's going to flinch. If certain people say it, it's like, okay, well, now you get action. You get smoke. And so um, that's exactly what Connor was asking for here. Uh, he's in Will's face. Will's in his face. And Carlton ends up breaking up this whole altercation and defending Connor of all people, not his own cousin. I, again, Puyo, I was floored. I was done. I was like, this, <laughs> this ain't it. I would have had to leave. That would have been it. I, right. And I feel like at this moment, I feel like this is where the this became he became Joffrey to you. He starts becoming mm -hmm. more and more the Joffrey to you because <laughs> oh yeah, this was not great. You know, breaking it up, not defending Will, but also doubling down with Connor, and then later when they talk about it again, still mm -hmm. taking Connor's side, still kind of like trivializing it. I'm like, it's just a word in a song. Like it, the people make this song and they you know sell it to people. Like what? What's the problem? And Will's beside himself. Like a lot of people are like, no, no, Carl, bad Carlton. You don't know. Right. No. Yeah. No, it's people like Carlton who give people unnecessary passes to do these things. And then the mm. rest of us have to fight the fight all our lives because like, oh, yeah, like my one friend told me I could do it. I got a black friend back at the prep school that told me I could say it like, stop it. Stop it. Right. Stop it. Stop it. Like that's uh -huh. not a thing. That is not no. a thing. No, it's not a thing. Carlton's like, you playing the race card on day one? Like, it's a word with racial... Like, anyway, I have to move on. But <laughs> as this is getting heated, Aunt Viv end up coming in and breaking everything up. And, um, you know, they kind of cover it up. Like, oh, uh, mom, we're just having a spirited debate. All this other stuff. And I'm like, man, Will, I would have aired him out. But Will ain't no snitch. You know, like, he's like, okay, whatever. I'll play ball. Um, and him and Aunt Viv end up having a conversation where I think, again, this is the other person that he can relate to in the house. Like, she, too, is from Philly. And so mm -hmm. she's telling him, like, I made that move as well. You know, like, I felt like I was going to have to change myself. But it's not about changing yourself. It's about adapting to adapting. your surroundings. Right. Exactly. And she gives him a pro tip. She says, if you hang out with Carlton a, a while, you can, like, then gain our trust. And then we'll allow you to go find people that accept you for who you are that you want to hang out with that have like interest as you it's just right now we need to just be sure that you're okay and that you're getting acclimated so you need to hang out with carlton so do that favor for me and then you should be good to go so will heads off to find carlton and pull your um what could you describe this scene where will finds carlton for us because i have questions bro my immediate notes all caps uh carlton's doing cocaine question mark question mark question mark <laughs> Uh, Will walks in, takes a look to the left, and in, I think it's the same area with the closet with, like, a little table, Carlton mm -hmm. is doing a line, and immediately Will's shocked. Carlton oh, yeah. does clarify, Chappelle, it's Xanax, okay? And I'm like, sir, first of all, I don't know about that. I need, like, Carlton, I don't trust you. <laughs> but also, <laughs> well, that's not, that doesn't make this better. This moment, this moment is, is shady, Carlton, what are you doing? Um was not ready for that. I was like, okay, no. I forgot. I forgot what we were watching. You know, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, that the N-word thing slowed me down. But now <laughs> this, I was like, okay, we're back now. Um, right. But yeah. And this is a moment <laughs> that, you know, in the original series, the only time Carlton messed with drugs was later in the show when he was trying to, you know, keep up with everything. And he was it mm -hmm. speed he was taking. Hands yeah, up at the was. hospital. That was like the like a one episode arc beginning and done 20 minutes. First episode, Carlton, the goody two shoes. 
is doing drugs did not see this coming did not right not my carlton banks <laughs> um, <laughs> not my fresh prince either um so yeah this was different and so i was like okay we're doing this will ends up saying to carlton hey look we ain't got to get along but we need to, lead to uh, pretend to get along so they will trust me enough so i can be without you and then you can be without me so sounds like a solid plan we'll go to the party together uh, we'll come back. Everything will be nice. It'll be fine. And then they will trust us and they will let me go. So the two of them end up burying the hatchet for the time being um, to go to this mansion beach party. Because, of course, it's not Bel Air if it's not a mansion. And, um, yeah, at Connor's house, the guy who will almost try to, uh, to fight already, which mm-hmm. is a choice, is a choice. Um, but Will can't believe the world he stumbled in here. Like, I mean, dance floors, DJs, strobe lights, all this stuff. The boy is 16 years old. And I don't think he's ever seen anything like this. Um, yeah, Lisa's here as well. She's, you know, she's around. I'm sure she only came because because of the invite. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's there to celebrate. I mean, after her time that Will clocked her in at the pool, she's like, Will, why don't you have a drink or something with me? Let's go bond. And uh, we find out here that she's on track for the Olympic trials. And, um, you know, her, we see her and Will's chemistry again, you know, in play here. What'd you think about this scene, Puyo? I mean, I thought it was a very fun scene of seeing Will, you know, again, a 16-year-old at an L.A. party overnight, like it's just a big shock to him to the system. Him and Lisa have more grounds to flirt. You know, when you're celebrating a drink, that's always a great spot. To, you know, you're cheersing with someone. Love that with them. Um, and again, their chemistry on stage is phenomenal on camera. I did notice. Did you notice this line from Lisa, though? Lisa does tell Will, I'm curious if you know what Carlton has been through. And yeah. This is yeah, when you realize well, Carlton might have more more layers than we thought. Right. I mean, like, yeah, because she's like, I, I've never heard of you, Will. Like, I've never, I didn't know Carlton had a cousin. And, right. Well, you know, and Will is like, it's not like I'm telling people in Philly about my cousin. And she's like, no, no, no. What I'm saying is like, do you know who you live with? Like, do you know Carlton? And, you know, we just saw Carlton possibly doing coke a second ago. So maybe Will does not know who his 16-year-old cousin is. Um, and that's when I started thinking, oh, this is our villain villain. Like, if I didn't already hate him as Joffrey, I've, I've got very suspicious <laughs> of him in that moment. Because um, that is weird. But we cut directly over to Carlton doing lines of Round Xanax. Two. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's what we're calling Maybe. it now. It's good old Xanax, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's I, a regular Zanny family here. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. And he's talking to his buddy Connor. And his buddy Connor does what a lot of buddies will do when you have a crush on a girl and they're basically in your ear like, oh, don't do the slow play thing. Like, you know, you got to go and you got to do what you got to do, blah, 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 blah. Gassing them up essentially to give it another shot and not to slow roll it. Right. Because it looks like Lisa and Carlton have broken up. But from Carlton's point of view, he's like, she'll be back. You know, she'll be back. And Connor's like, nah, maybe she's not coming back. Maybe she's moved on. And so this leads Carlton to kind of looking for her in a moment. And when she finds, uh, when he finds her, he sees her across the pool, like on the dance floor next to the pool. Uh, looks like they were kissing. Uh, Puya, Lisa was kissing her ex's cousin. Is this correct? Like they, the cu- Will was kissing his cousin's ex, right? This happened. Yes, that is the math. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, we saw this with our own eyes, and Carlton saw it, and he saw red. Um, because oh, yeah. he makes a 
beeline right over to him. And I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I don't think I was expecting him to push him in the pool. I don't, I could honestly say that. I feel like it's the most Carlton response though. Wouldn't have been to punch him. Would have been to just like give him a, give him a little push into the pool. But then the scene with the pool ended up being a magical moment for us. The cinematics here were very fun because we do yeah. see is, do I have it right? That was the throne. That was the throne we saw in the beginning of the episode, right? In the bottom yeah, of the pool. You know, yeah, you know, in the theme song for the uh, Fresh Prince, Will, Will Smith is sitting on the uh, the little throne and it's spinning, mm-hmm. you know? And I guess to get that effect here, they kind of uh, like make an illusion of the pool, the throne is underwater and Will is yes. falling and things are kind of just floating around kind of in the same way something would spin like that. It's a very cool moment again. Peep the shoes. Lisa's shoe game was on point as well. Um, because, yeah, Will's in the pool. And as we've heard before, you know, he doesn't do pools. Will can't swim. He's not a swimmer. And so Carlton has effectively pushed him, but also tried to kill him, you know, in a way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, not, not, uh, we have to assume he didn't intend on killing him, but whatever. He pushed him in the pool. And now, as Carlton's trying to start a fight with Lisa, accusing her of flirting with Will to get his attention, Lisa then jumps into the pool and pulls Will out of it to save his life. Um, and yeah, I was watching this thinking like, oh, I should have caught this before. He did say that he was in Aquaman, you know, like mm-hmm. the signs were there. Um, but Carlton does not care. He thinks Will is putting on an air and he's pretending and he's showing struggle just so that he can get attention. And this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, you the, the, the last thing you want to do is accuse someone for doing something for attention when also earlier today we had this whole problem with the locker room and your buddies are saying words they shouldn't and you also stopped me there so now you're saying i'm doing stuff for the attention you're saying i'm throwing the race card out for the attention you're saying i'm falling in the pool for the attention i'm will smith i don't stand for this and i will not stand for this from you anymore um connor pulls up gets decked in the face a big big upper like uh, <laughs> uppercut from from will onto connor's face he owed him and one. then he owed him. yeah yeah <laughs> the last scene of the episode will winds up he goes forward towards carlton's face screen goes black episode's over and it took everything in my power not to watch the first because i need to know if he hit him I need, I need to know, to know if he too. Him. I need to know. Do you think Carlton dodges? Was this a nah, punch that he not. like held back on? I don't know. Carl- Carlton feet about to leave the ground. Like we're <laughs> about to raise him up off the ground with that punch. I mean, oh my god, I can't wait to see it. I just I cannot. But yeah, it ends with I guess in a way a cliffhanger. But I just don't see any world where Carlton does not get punched in the face right here because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is it. Uh, that's the that's the episode. That's episode one of Bel Air Puya. What did you think? Chappelle, it went beyond my wildest dreams. I loved it so Mm -hmm. much. I feel like, you know, having watched Fresh Prince growing up as a youngin, I needed it to be lighthearted. I needed it to be comedy. And I I mean, growing up, I watched mostly sitcoms. I focus on that. It made me happy. Becoming older, I can appreciate something that's a little bit more serious. I can appreciate something that's a little bit more drama. And I can can appreciate harder-hitting topics because I'm able to not only – logically think about them but also i've experienced them i've seen them in, play out in the real world so i can i can see them coming in so i feel like you put all of these things together and you got a new show that fits me perfectly where i am in my life right now where i can i can take this new gritty fresh prince adaptation and i can enjoy it and you know we talked about amongst ourselves and we talked to josh we're like 
We're going to do, listen, we'll do one episode. We'll see how we feel about it. I think it's safe to say we're we're seeing this to the end at this point. This is happening. Oh, oh yeah. This is a labor of love for the two of us now. We're in it together. This will be our project, you know, and um, hopefully if you're listening to this and you want to hear more, yeah, leave us a review on Post Show Recaps on wherever you get your, uh, you know, your iTunes or your, I'm sorry, your podcast, whether it be iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Leave us some reviews. Let us know what you think. Um, And yeah, uh, five-star ratings, all that good stuff. And tell us, like, you want to hear more because we're going to talk about it regardless uh, because yes. this was a good time. Um, Of course, Puya and I have already outlined it a little bit from the beginning, but the soundtrack here is wild. I mean, it's amazing. No mm-hmm. role models. What we do by Freeway. Dreams and nightmares. I mean, just hit after hit. Deja vu. Um, oh, them changes by Thundercat. I mean, when when a lot by Twenty One Savage drops, I'm done. Like, <laughs> uh, and then the song ends with Dreams and Nightmares. You know, by Meek Mill, it's, and it's the perfect ending to this very episode, uh, aptly titled Dreams and Nightmares. And so, I wonder if the future episodes are going to be uh, named after rap songs. I believe episode two is going to be called Keep Your Head Up. So that's Tupac, you know. <laughs> so, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that being said, um, Puya. Where can the people listen to you? I mean, I've already talked about your you being the prince of 90 Day and the king of, of uh, you know, the mass singer. But what else you got going on? Um, so those are the two main things that I do host over on the RHAP Network. In addition to, obviously, right now, we're, we're knee-deep in Big Brother season, Celebrity Season 3. So I'll be talking about that, especially Friday mornings. And then, obviously, BB Can 10 was officially announced today to premiere a week after BB Celeb. So... We have one week off. We'll be right back on that horse all the way to the summer, all the way to BB24. So keep your eye out for those as well. I do stream on Twitch about three, four times a week, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do weekly stuff um, over there, including a Sunday uh, weekly Among Us slash Goose Goose Duck type lobby with all the podcasters. We have a good time there. Check us out there. And then obviously, if you would like to give us feedback for for this, aside from just the ratings and reviews, the five-star ratings and reviews that you might gift us feel free to throw a mention at me on twitter at puyaism let me know how you thought about this podcast make sure to tag Chappelle in it too because i would like to see what he says about some stuff too oh yeah yeah give us all the feedback and you know you know where to find me i'm at Chappelle's underscore show on twitter i like puya i'm still talking about big brother for the foreseeable future and big brother canada's coming and that's not normally my bag but you know puya and them have been showing me the ropes so i'm gonna be checking that out as well and maybe doing some coverage of that um of course on this very network um, we're talking about The Walking Dead. It started back up. So, um, you know, you should be getting a, uh, a, an episode of The Walking Dead podcast with myself, Jessica Lee, AJ Mass, and Josh Wiggler uh, this week. I'll also be guesting on Silent Podcast to talk about Australian Survivor this week, um, week three or four. I think it's four or five at this point. I don't know. So many episodes of mm-hmm. Australian Survivor <laughs> to talk about. And so they finally brought me in to talk about a few of them as well. So you can catch me there too. Um, and then every week with Rob Sesternino on Nothing But Netflix. Um, we are talking about hit Netflix shows. This last week, we talked about The Tinder Swindler. And so if you have not already watched it, watch it. Puya and I watched it basically uh, together, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And and I suggest everybody watch it. And then check out the podcast and subscribe to Nothing But Netflix and give us some five-star ratings there as well. Um, but yeah, if you are new to Post Show Recaps, 
go ahead and click the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so you can keep up with whatever we cover here. Um, I've covered many, many iterations of The Walking Dead for post-show recaps, but you can also catch my coverage of HBO's Insecure with Latanya Starks and Mario Fourth by searching Insecure the pod show, uh, podcast uh, recap or whatever, the post-show recaps, I'm sorry. And although the show is already over, tell your friends to give that a review too. Uh, post-show recaps has a ton of other shows right now, including Yellowstone and Peacemaker, Inventing Anna on Netflix, Raised by Wolves, Bridget season two and many many more so if you want to support the podcast even more you can subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash post recaps which will give you access to exclusive content including a discord with a crazy community and a casino in it so check all that out follow us like subscribe add and then tune in next week as puya and i will be covering season one episode two of bel-air thank you and we look forward to talking to you next time bye <laughs>